0: everybody welcome to ease of use the gaming podcast for all of your bump slash gaming needs i'm zach and with me as always the Dogie to my adol ryan
1: yeah and i'm letting zach make a joke that i don't understand as payback for all the jokes i've made i was playing
0: ease today the video game that's why i was thinking about it and i came up with this about five minutes ago cool ease books one and two available for like everything you run Uh, instead of swinging the sword you run into people it's weird
1: yes i've heard of ease
0: yeah
1: we're not here to talk about ease what are we here for i came up with this i just something about zelda that i wanted to talk about or like the beginning of an idea that i wanted to have a full idea of and i ran a patent by you and you were like well, we, we decided we did do it as a podcast, although, like, we don't know where we're going with this.
0: I mean, at one point, you're like, maybe I'll do a blog post on this, and you can still do that. Maybe
1: It's a sort of thing that could be a blog post, too, but I have incomplete information I yeah. want to get your input.
0: We're going to synthesize a, a, an idea, and then you can put that idea out in text form, if that makes sense.
1: Sure. The opening question... I should have written down ahead of time, is this. In different Zelda games, the idea of uh, the spirit world, or the mythic layer, or the divine, like divinities as characters, are accessible to differing degrees between games. Sometimes there is a definite divine presence. Sometimes you're definitely occupying, like you exist within the world of myth. Sometimes the divine presence is referred to, but not, you know, imminent. And uh, sometimes you are a person in like a quote unquote modern world accessing the world of myth after the fact. And I think that uh, the... The people making these games may or may not think about it that way, but they make choices along those lines that contribute to the tones of the individual games. And so I want to kind of interrogate each of the games and see whether those choices see whether we can correlate those choices to their effects.
0: Okay, I think I follow Uh, and I can do my best to input.
1: Um. One thing we talked about beforehand when we were trying to figure out the scope of this was I said that uh, great fairies should be considered as divinities for this purpose. Yeah. That makes and sense. And that it does make sense. Thank you. <laughs> I I said that at first based on like trying to look at um where a Japanese mindset would draw the line for what is a divine or mythical character, um, which of course isn't clear to me. I don't have a degree in this sort of thing. Um, And I I ran into an interesting problem. Um, Japanese culture has a much broader idea of, or a broader idea of divinity or spirituality than the default idea of Western culture probably allows. Um, And we kind of have to like, it's it's dangerous to um, interpret all this stuff without any kind of sensitivity to that culture. But Zelda games are aping, to some extent, Western stories and a Western worldview. Link is a European-looking guy. He has a European-looking sword. His shield has a big cross on it to begin with. <laughs> yes, it does. So I think that if you (laughs) interpreted things only as the japanese way of looking at things, then you're missing the point, too. And so like trying to stick to one, uh, assuming any one real world perspective is a mistake and we have to be ready to see what is in the text instead of coming at it with prior assumptions. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and specifically with the great fairies, there are a couple examples that will come up where the great fairies in the text are just treated as divine. Yeah, yeah. Not like calling them gods necessarily, but like they're treated in the same way that other creatures in the same games are treated. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. There's some very
1: specific examples. Um... I want, my notes are arranged going through the series in release order. Does that make sense to you?
0: I also have my notes the same way.
1: Okay. So looking at Legend of Zelda. Uh, Link um, is Christian. Link is, well, (laughs) he has a cross on his shield. Um, You find the the Bible in LOZ. Oh, okay. Uh, I forgot about that.
0: Which, this is all born out of my understanding, is that japan especially in like the 80s and like in fantasy fiction treats christianity as an aesthetic choice
1: sure yeah yeah yeah
0: um you know uh the example i always hear about has how ultraman is extremely catholic oh that's fun you've seen the the, you have you seen ryan the images of ultraman dying on the cross
1: No, but I can believe it.
0: Yeah, apparently, I I have not watched Ultraman, but I understand a significant part of at least one of the story of one of them is that he does die on the cross. Uh,
1: But you're right that, you know, it's treated as an aesthetic choice. I don't think the, uh, like, Crusader trappings of LOZ have anything to do with any sort of actual perspective on spirituality, divinity, religion anything like that <laughs> no the, in fact the cross is just a couple of lines
0: yeah and it's it's probably more born out of ultimately D, right through yeah D being big and then a bunch of computer games based on D happening you have your wizardries and such and like that all there's a direct lineage there and so that's all yeah. very baked into uh D mythology and uh divinity
1: And the specificity of the, like, world building in Legend of Zelda is so low that it's not really worth trying to uh, point to any specific things. Except for, um, there are fairies in, uh, Legend of Zelda. And they, like, they occupy ponds like nature spirits. And... I'm not sure like are the way the fairies in Legend of Zelda are drawn is the way they are drawn does that seem like a uh like a reference to western fairies or do you think that could be uh within a japanese thing I haven't put
0: enough effort into analyzing the art to have an opinion on okay. that i don't think that particularly matters because i look at it in the context of like what they're doing within the game and what a fairy do is doing when it's just a fairy in a pawn that is just healing you that mm-hmm. means something different to me than some of the later games where fairies are given more prominent roles
1: the sure fa- i just uh, mean like if if the 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 sword and the cross are kind of uh, copied out of like depictions of like Arthurian knights and that sort of thing do you think that the fairies are also along those lines
0: oh probably as much as like you know dragons and loz are as much as mummies like it's all just those same trappings
1: that's a good point I forgot about the dragons and mummies um, that's a flaw in my reasoning where I am focusing so much on stuff that I can consider a spiritual presence that I ignore dragons. Yeah. Whoops. Okay. Uh, but so there is no, there is, <laughs> there's basically no lore in LOZ. Uh, there is no idea of any god in this world.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess I'll mention it now. My okay. analysis ended up kind of running perpendicular to yours, and I ended up focusing really hard on the way—well, on the Triforce, essentially, because I'm always thinking about the Triforce. And it's really funny to look back at, like, old manuals and stuff, and the Triforce really wasn't, like, what I think of it as until we get to the third game. Because here's just um, kind of a weird artifact of power.
1: I don't know why you think this is perpendicular to what my line of— thinking was oh i don't know i need a i didn't tell you what my line of thinking was i need a compass to find this out <laughs> um this compass adventure of link picture. is basically the same right
0: Still, still the same you still have crosses um there the one that is really funny is there's a statue of an angel that's called a trophy in english mm-hmm. uh but in japanese it's called a goddess statue which is which is extremely prescient
1: Yeah, and people try to make the point that the pose of that goddess statue is the same as what (laughs) you'll see in Skyward Sword in Breath of the Wild.
0: It's close enough. I doubt that was the intention. It's just kind of like a, oh, that's a fun coincidence kind of a situation.
1: I guess. Um, But like, okay, so they refer to a goddess, there's a goddess statue, so there's an idea that these people have a religion. But there is no like... There's no appearance of a goddess in Adventure of Link or anything like that.
0: Yeah, you've got crosses on gravestones again, and that's the last time that happens.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. But yes, in Link to the Past, suddenly there is bona fide lore. Yeah. There is a creation myth.
0: There is a creation myth.
1: Where the gods of power, wisdom, and courage create Hyrule, and they create the Triforce. And the manual explains that the Triforce is an inanimate object, but then they keep on using anthropomorphized language about it and saying that it beckons. Um, in like, they the prose does not treat it as an inanimate object, except that it says it's an inanimate object. And throughout the game, the, the actual game, um, you, it's it's taking on more specific lord of the ringsy like ideas right in what way um just in terms of being a world with more specifics and more text and more types of things and i guess like uh, straying from the focus here the idea of uh like going on these smaller quests to find these magic items um i don't know if i mean lord of the rings specifically but having more specific i'm gonna say the word specific 500 times um well okay so, complete sentences you might say
0: so what i think happens here is we okay. see link to the past what did i write it retains the outline of the previous, like, D&D... The, the Christian imagery that came from it being part of that, like, lineage of games. Okay. There's still a sanctuary, which is just like a yeah. church. It's very church-like. You know, Link still... He has a book, but now it's a book of Medora. It's not a Bible. And he still prays, but, like, that's not given the same Mm -hmm. like specific all the specific Christian imagery is wiped away there's not a single cross, crosses are gone right? Um, and so we have this just falling in line with a more traditional fantasy thing which has just long been like established in gaming at this
1: point I'm glad you brought up the book of Mudora because recall my cool blog post where I pointed out that the names of Sahasrala and Agani. How do you Aghani? What's his friend? The other Ag- Sahasrara?
0: Oh, it's um Agina. Agina. Agina.
1: Are named after the Sahasrara and Ajna uh, chakras. And the book of Mudora is the book of Mudra. And these are like really basic uh Hindu religious or mystical ideas. Mm. Um and agonim possibly is his name is taken from agni uh the idea of fire the god of fire the sacrificial fire it's it's not a sure thing um and so there are like instead of being like purely aesthetic references to christianity there are a few purely aesthetic references to hinduism which is interesting um but I'm not as interested in the religion of yeah. the world as I am in the the presence or absence of a spiritual world within the game world.
0: Okay. But-
1: um, your adventures in A Link to the Past are m- mostly mundane um, in that you're not meeting gods uh, until the very end. Um, you are meeting great fairies who are godlike in a way they're like local nature spirits it seems
0: because they start to get dialogue and have like yeah interconnectedness in the world this is where i start to see that more as them being divine
1: yeah okay okay
0: now, i don't think we're quite there yet with this game but we're close well
1: uh, i think that in a eastern perspective the difference between the great fairies and the gods of power, wisdom and courage might be a matter of degree more than of kind. I mean, maybe Um, Uh, it's not, it's not like, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to interrogate. But like,
0: yeah, I, in this game, I don't think the game treats the great fairies with any more reverence than like the King Zora or like the catfish.
1: Um, yeah, but in a, in a Japanese perspective, I think that King Zora as a kappa kind of thing, or the catfish, I think that those could be considered minor divinities, or according to a Shinto way of looking at things. Maybe, maybe in
0: this case, I just know that later on, we're going to get Zora who are characters, and it definitely <laughs> is
1: not that. Um, that's a good point. But we we do, we want to... I, I want to be able to interrogate each text on its own. Yes. Right? And so here, the Zora are goofy Kappa. But the King Zora who you meet has all the, you know... The drama of meeting the spirit of the woods or the spirit of the lake or whatever. Sure, you know sure, what sure, mean? sure. Yeah. Anyway... At the end of this game, the spirit of the Triforce talks to you. Yeah, it does. And this is absolutely, like, for all intents and purposes, this is a theophany. This is God coming down to talk to you, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, this is This is as divine as it gets, almost.
1: Yeah. And so, my... My overall idea of Link to the Past is that this is. Link in this game is a mundane character living in what he understands to be a mundane world. And over the course of the game, he uncovers the mythic world. Yeah. He discovers that there are fairies lurking everywhere, but it's not like that was a baseline assumption when he woke up.
0: Yes. Yeah, I follow you here.
1: Yes. Okay. Do we have anything else to say about Link to the Past? No. Then, going on to Link's Awakening, I kind of want to say that its Theophany rating is exactly the same as Link to the Past.
0: Um, hmm. That's just trickier because by the end of the game, you, the player, I guess Link 2, are kind of going on that... I guess it has kind of the same arc Mm -hmm. in that you are thinking you have washed up on a real physical island and over the course of the game you find out that no this is some extremely magical stuff that's happening here this island is not real it's a dream we're literally going to meet the god that created this dream by the end of this game we've been technically we've been meeting them the whole game we just didn't realize it right
1: i mean for me the fact that it's a dream doesn't really enter to enter into my analysis this purpose because it's still about the the world is looking mundane and then you find out that there or you gradually discover um you know some kind of magical parts uh there is there's an idea that there are divine or spiritual elements beyond what you see the the fact that at the end it turns out the whole thing was a dream I don't think that really plays into the question of a spirit world in the way that I'm looking for.
0: Okay. In that case, but, it would yeah. have a very similar trajectory to the previous game.
1: Yeah. You just, you meet the god at the end.
0: It's definitely and... a little more fantastical because there's just a lot more weird guys in
1: Koholand. Yes. And as things get weirder in these games, it's going to become more and more difficult to say whether we're talking, like, whether these things are weird to be, to establish this kind of tone, or weird to establish that kind of tone, or weird to make the world seem more magical or less magical or what. Yeah. In Ocarina of Time, the gods, such as they are, are here in the world from the beginning, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I mean the Deku tree and Jabu Jabu, right? Yeah, exactly. These, and the these and, are mm-hmm. I was say, like, and the Great Fairies. And the Great Fairies. This is where Although I... the Great Fairies They they stay hidden away, right, in Ocarina. Yes. Um, I think that like the way they're presented is different, but the fact that you have to crawl into little holes to find them. It's not like people are saying, I'm going to go visit the great fairy and get her to bless my stuff. That's true. Um, But these, uh, like if you compare to the fairly Christian, like idea of the spirit of the Triforce is a super Western looking thing. Um, All the deities in Ocarina of Time, from the local nature deities to the golden goddesses seem much more eastern um, in their functions.
0: Is the Triforce a western thing? I
1: don't follow you on this one.
0: Um, Is it just I because that... it's like a magical wish granting thing? I don't know that that's necessarily western culture.
1: No, I mean the presentation of the spirit of the Triforce in Link to the Past. Okay. When you enter into this room with, like, curtains, and the triangle talks to you, I am the spirit of the Triforce, I feel like this is the way a medieval knight would have an encounter with divinity, and not how that would be presented in a Japanese mindset. Not that I really know what I'm talking about. I
0: was gonna say, we are a little bit out of our depths, because I don't know much about Japanese,
1: like, folklore Aside from video Uh, games, which is not
0: the good way to learn about much of anything.
1: (laughs) um, But, like, do you agree that 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 scene is specifically what I mean when I'm talking about the Triforce as a Western religious experience? Okay. Because, as of Link to the Past, that is what the Triforce is. Yeah. Um, The fact that it can grant wishes, I don't know, I I think that's super generic- (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to get to where Zelda decides that that doesn't matter anymore, and I'm going to get salty, because I like the wish-granting nature of the Triforce okay. a lot, and Zelda has discarded that, and that makes me
1: bummed out. In Ocarina, it really seems like we occupy the mythic world from the beginning. Link yes. lives among the fairy folk to yes. begin with, and um, this is the mythic world that uh you have to like actively uncover and link and link to the past.
0: Yeah, you were just in it from the get-go here. You are interacting and, constantly
1: with fantastical elements. Yeah. That yeah. Okay. But weirdly, the golden goddesses don't show up. The Triforce kind of doesn't show up, or like this game forces us to see the Triforce in a whole different way. Yes. Um, and so, like, I don't, like, I'm, I'm really, I haven't bothered to think about how the idea of the Triforce as being, like, where it was previously a god, basically, now it is three things that exist in three people. And I don't know how to fit that into any of this analysis, although it seems very important.
0: We should keep going through, because I bet... I mean, we will have a lot more to talk about on that. So okay. as as we go through, we'll have more opportunity to revisit this. All
1: right. Uh, Majora's Mask. Oh, can I just is, say, can I
0: mention yeah. there's the Gerudo goddess of the sands, which is fun. Oh, yeah. That's all I want to say. They have their own weird uh, goddess that's not elaborated and, on, and I like that.
1: Um, the, I know you don't like the Shadow Temple, but the Shadow Temple seems to be about like entering a... Spiritual, in this case, underworld. Yeah,
0: it, it definitely. Yeah,
1: uh, Bongo Bongo seems like a battle against a godlike being, in a way that most Zelda bosses aren't. Does that track?
0: It, it, it depends. Okay. Like I, I when I was like scrolling through Zelda Wiki, they mentioned somewhere in some peripheral material they call like volvagia the god of Death Mountain. Hmm. Um, that's a good
1: point too yeah
0: and like i i did not spend the time to go through the boss lists and figure out who what is a divine creature versus a non-divine creature i also didn't spend any time like you know zelda has a lot of temples but not all of them are meant to be places of worship some of them definitely could be but like i mean
1: there are a lot of palaces too
0: Yeah, but, like, a temple implies place of worship, but, like, you know, you're not actually— Temple
1: implies place of worship, palace implies residence of monarch, dungeon implies a place where a criminal is locked up, Correct. and most Zelda dungeons, temples, and palaces are none of those things.
0: Yeah, you're not worshipping anything at the forest temple. It's just a really cool abandoned castle in the woods. So just, um, but I, did, I didn't spend any time on that stuff. So when we get to the boss stuff, it's like, you know, also some of them could probably be divine in some way as well. Yeah. But in Ocarina of Time, that doesn't matter because we've already talked about how the divine is more right. regular.
1: And the fact that you have to climb into a couple of gods and like cut out their afflictions really makes those like the, pre- the presence of the deku tree as like not only a divine figure but one that you can climb inside of makes the mythicness of ocarina like a step past or like a different thing from link to the past yeah majora's mask majora's mask has great fairies who work basically the same okay no 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 no. disagree no The great fairies here. You have a good point, Zach, before you even start talking. You know
0: what I'm going to talk about because we talked about this on the other podcast. Yeah. The great fairies are given a position of power and authority specifically by the people around them. They are looked at. uh, When when you're, what is it? When you have been cursed, Tattle's like, we have to go see the great fairy right now about this. Right. She's the authority
1: figure for this sort of thing. Does that apply to any of the other great fairies? Does anyone ever talk about them? Not in that game, I don't think. Okay, I don't think. Maybe I mean, you know what? I don't remember the text I don't full enough. So. Not think so. because, no- like, uh, then there would be some kind of clue as to where to find them, and they're always really hard to track down. I mean, the the fairy fountains themselves. Um, I don't think the other four have that kind of role. But you're absolutely right about the. Clock Town Great Fairy,
0: And this is what I was thinking of when I started to talk about the Ocarina of Time ones. I'm like, oh, right, that's more Majora's Mask than Ocarina of Time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, That is a great point that feeds directly to what I'm trying to, you know, (laughs) can't really put into words what I'm trying to interrogate. But yes, because at the very beginning of Majora's Mask, they say, let's go to the Great Fairy," And this obviously spiritual or divine being you know the local spirit um is a character that the locals interact with um like ocarina we are in a mythic or fairy tale world in majora's mask yeah um it's really not about uncovering ancient legends and finding out they were true you're in the thick of it where it's it's true because you walked over there
0: we're operating um, in like a fairy tale mode
1: definitely it's it's not exactly the same tone as ocarina but it's like it's on this side of the border the mythic mundane border yeah um and you meet the gods lots of them yes uh you meet the giant you go to heaven To meet the giants. And then the giants step down to Earth to save it. Uh, So this is an even higher Theophany rating than um, Link to the Past or Link's Awakening. Uh, Like, you are just going head-to-head with the gods.
0: You exist on screen with them, and it's like, chill.
1: Yeah. Um, And... You know, I, I don't know what there is to say about Majora as a, like, spiritual, like, godlike being. It's really not clear. Except that you you do kind of go to a, another heaven place to interact with Majora. So, who knows what that means. I mean, that's all so intentionally ambiguous anyway that it's not yeah. really worth getting into.
0: You have, yeah, you have the, the giants, you have the imp. Uh, the mask Man we kind of talked about could be interpreted as, like, an otherworldly force. Yeah. Uh, the manga calls Odawa the Deku God. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a Fierce Deity.
1: Yeah, and... <sighs> okay, I didn't incorporate that. Because I always think of Fierce Deity as kind of a weird quirk of translation. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: It It, it is, but i do want to throw it in here when we're talking about it i always Um, like the idea of the fierce deity as being some kind of counterpart entity to majora even though that's not supported at all by the text that's entirely fan fiction brain but i do like it a lot Uh,
1: i don't have the brain power right now to start trying to think about what the fierce deity is but it definitely adds to the position of Majora's Mask as being the one where the mythic world or the fairy tale world is right there you are yes. in it
0: also in Majora we he, despite all of this in Majora's Mask we do get like an oblique god mention that's not embellished in, uh, uh, in oh, on yeah. uh, because they always talk about the goddess of time that's just the goddess that they worship around
1: here that's a good point um. Yeah, and that would be a that's on the other side of the that's evidence in the other direction, right? Um, well, I think
0: it's just like it's very similar to Ocarina of Time, where we have mentions of the three golden goddesses.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you have like different tiers of divinity here, where you have like yes. the ever-present divine entities, and then you have the far-off conjectural divine entities. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's... Anyways.
1: Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages.
0: The... You get Mako Tree.
1: Yeah. Which is just another one of those things. Uh, um, I, don't, like, I had almost nothing to say about these games. Because I, I don't w- remember them well enough.
0: What I wanted to say is I really like the oracles are suspicious for being divine here yes yes the oracles themselves the three ladies um but also if that means if they're divine then like zelda is divine in the same way
1: um well i really want to avoid unless you are you're talking about zelda's appearance in these games in these games okay um because I, I i don't Want to bring any outside of this game information into the analysis of this game? Or
0: I'm glad you said games. that because I keep wanting to bring something up that I'm not going to bring up with the podcast. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it.
1: Okay. Um, why do you say that Zelda must be divine because she is critical to the ritual?
0: Yeah, because the okay. ritual is entirely about we need to seal off these oracles, these seemingly divine people to get to somebody who's greater than them the princess
1: okay i don't remember any of this
0: that's all the linked game stuff where you have to by causing problems kuma Koma and katake light two fires that have evocative names that i
1: don't remember oh yeah there's the flame of despair and the flame of it's like a synonym for despair it's, or it might be destruction and despair actually something like that um but they uh so but Zelda is around for part of I don't uh, And so and so are the oracles.
0: They're people yeah. but they're they're given this higher degree of divinity than the people around them.
1: That's right. They they kind of seem like um oh there must be a better there there's a good example um but it's not springing to mind. But like these are possibly uh, avatars of their namesake goddesses who yeah. don't know about their own nature and from like, their perspective they're mundane ladies.
0: Maybe they know to like some extent but they don't know how much.
1: Um, possibly. I really got the impression from one of them that maybe Din has no idea that she's the Oracle of Seasons.
0: I don't remember the dialogue well enough but I definitely... Okay my my memory of it is that they are they have more of an understanding of it than say the sages in Ocarina of time who are often okay. like blindsided by oh, I guess I'm a sage it turns out. okay, cool mm.
1: uh that's a I'm glad you brought that up. that's gonna be important later. anyway i I feel like it might all be a moot point because I don't think Oracle of seasons or ages ends up having a really strong like putting their foot in one camp or the other for the purposes of what we're talking about here yeah agreed it's just really generic fantasy stuff and the fantasy stuff is sometimes surprising and sometimes not
0: they are often inconsistent games because they were developed piecemeal
1: yeah i have three question marks under four swords there's
0: nothing to talk about four swords let's move on to wind waker
1: okay um the okay, Wind Waker is seems like a turning point for this kind of analysis because Cyclos and Zephos are introduced as gods that you just meet. Yeah. Right? Yeah, these
0: are just Okami gods that
1: show up. And I remember thinking, wow, I'm meeting the, these gods. However, the overall tone is more like Link to the Past. Uh, or like it's even it's even further in that direction than link to the past was because this is definitely a world where the there was a, a world of myth and you know a, a world where the gods interacted with the world but that was a long time ago and we are firmly in the mundane world now
0: i mean from the perspective of link and the people that most well the 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 humans
1: in the setting yeah. Well, and that's what I mean, like, that... If I'm trying to identify what the tone of the game is... Yeah. Then Link's perspective is, when a, when a boat starts talking to him, he is surprised. Yes. He's not... He doesn't know that he lives in the magical world. He's going to find out. Yeah. On the other hand, it, it seems like anyone could meet Cyclos and Zephos. Or is there... Do they have some line about how only... People who are the chosen one can see them. No, but nobody else talks about them. Yeah, uh, Valu and the Deku Tree are like. Well, Valu is a a god character in the like local spirit sense, who is accessible to everyone. You can like he he's a big part of the local culture. Um, whereas Jabun and Deku Tree are obscure they have to be discovered
0: they're more reclusive yes yeah and like um, but also you know Valu's only that to the rito because it doesn't seem like other people go to rito island very much that's probably right yeah um so maybe slightly more uh mystic mythical than linked to the past in this sense but only slightly
1: there like the fact that you enter the frozen past that you actually go back in time to. Yes. The mythic world, I think, is what makes it so far in that direction. And the whenever the golden goddesses are invoked, it's they're talked about as like abandoning their creation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. They they told the humans go up to the mountains. We're going to cover Hyrule in water, and then they pieced out. Don't call us. Yeah. And the great fairies of this world are, like, redesigned to see more, like, distant from normal experience, right?
0: Uh, I guess so. I don't have a good memory of the great fairies in this game. This this is the one where they have four arms.
1: Okay, but there's also the queen one there. The queen one who is, like, kind of even weirder. For being a uh, tiny, like enclosed in her, <laughs> like how, how do you call that? It's a giant tree stump island, right? Uh, and
0: something like she's that.
1: A little girl with a doll of a great fairy. That's like th- where the queen fairy in Link to the Past was just another fairy, or a fairy who with even more flowers on her head. Uh, th- these fairies are supposed to seem weird and alien yeah otherworldly is there anything to say about four swords adventures
0: no but i do want to go backtrack to four swords for a second just to point out that the fairies in the four swords games in including minish cap we're about to talk about they're all like themed after different like insects yeah yeah which is cute yeah that's not not material to the conversation i just think it's cute it's cool it's like the great mayfly fairy like that's pretty that's cool
1: it, it's cool and I think that like it's actually germane to this discussion to trace the different versions of fairies because a fairy design apparently gets picked up for a while and then some game says, oh, we like this one but not that one, uh, where Ocarina of Time obviously introduces fairy as gigantic laughing woman like really flamboyant uh, Four Swords goes back to Fairy as Demure Woman with Wings, right? Yes, definitely. Wind Waker backs off of that, goes to Fairy is Weird Alien. Yes. Four Swords Adventures goes back to No Lady with Butterfly Wings.
0: I think, yeah, it's still Butterfly Wings. I don't remember if they used the Mayfly thing in Four Swords Adventure, but it doesn't matter. It's still. It, it...
1: Oh, Well, and one of these has the oh, no, they, they change might... I was looking at this, which which game was it?
0: Four Swords Adventure I think actually has Wind Waker style fairies. I think that's right. Okay. I think that's where they, they use the weird aliens.
1: One of them that Four, game... Four Swords has them change from uh Butterfly Lady into um Ocarina in, in sorry, in Four Swords Anniversary Edition. Oh okay. Uh, to resemble, they say the great fairy is from Majora's Mask, according to Zelda Wiki. Okay, uh, I believe it. I guess it's
0: space. been a long time since I fired that game up, so I don't remember. Uh, uh, aesthetically, uh, yeah. the Four Swords Adventure specifically is a mess. Oh okay. It's it's just it's a bunch of Link to the Past stuff, and then some like Four Swords slash Proto Minish Cap stuff, mm. and then a bunch of weird Wind Waker stuff in there. It's a mishmash. It's like hacked together in some ways that is actually kind of appealing when I talk about it.
1: Not doesn't sound appealing to me when you talk about it. It's like
0: appealing in the way that a ROM hack is appealing. You know what I mean? Oh, okay.
1: Um, minish cap. Minish cap. Okay, the Minish are right on the edge <sighs> of being Kami figures. It really th- seems like we're supposed to interpret them as the spirits of the land, and therefore, like, semi-divine. But then you meet them, and they're just, like, guys. So it's weird, because there's, like, two
0: different, like, flavors of Minish. You have the ones that are just guys. The ones okay. that are just out there living in the world, helping, making shoes. Uh, but there's also ones that just ascend to heaven at the end of the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, they
0: go to actual heaven at the end. Uh, Let's just say? The guy on your head. um, Ezlo. Ezlo. uh, He, like, becomes a cool sage again and then walks into the door to heaven at the end of that video game. Like, it's Kingdom Hearts or something.
1: Is there any... Are there any features other than the Minish to diagnose how present the spirit world is in this game. I mean, possibly the whole point is that you're traveling between the mundane world and the spirit world whenever you get smaller, get big.
0: I don't think so. There's not really any other weirdos in this game. Hmm. It's all, everything else is very mundane.
1: Okay. That's interesting. But like, everything else is very mundane, but you're in the world of the small folk so much of the time that it's not like a mundane game overall yeah a mundane tone overall
0: i mean this is also the first time you go up to the sky and it seems like it would be like crazy up there but no there's just people living in houses up there it's fine it's normal yeah everywhere you go even in this like kind of fantastical like it's this this fantasy world like people are just out there like living and it's like normal and fine it's weird
1: totally yeah huh i'm worried that i'm not going to reach a satisfying conclusion by the end of this discussion
0: we have like 10 more games to talk about we got plenty oh of time gosh
1: okay uh i haven't played twilight princess so you tell me
0: okay twilight princess is a mess and this is where things start to go uh sideways so twilight princess where do we start the we're given the three golden goddess story again, uh, but we're also given that there are these weird nature guardian spirits, these light spirits, uh, and there are four of them, and they're named after the four regions, which is the where we first get Faron, Elden, Leneiru. We also get Ordana, which has not made a reappearance. Um, that is a land to the south where Link starts the game out in which is like a rancher territory. Uh, The light spirits are, like, they look like fauna that you'd find in their respective regions, but, like, really weird and warped and huge and, like... They're they're basically godlike beings, right? Extremely godlike beings, yeah. And over the course of the game, like, the first half of the game, you were, like, freeing these spirits from the corruption of the twilight... And helping them reassert the light over Hyrule.
1: Now, Um, before you get any further, let me ask. When when you talk to NPCs in, like, Kakariko Village or whatever, do they know about these light spirits?
0: Basically, no, by my memory. Okay.
1: There's, like, one character who is...
0: Well, there's a group of characters in the game that are kind of, like, Link's crew that for, like, the back half of the game, where they're kind of, like, this weird adventurer crew that don't get okay. as much personality as they deserve, but there's some ones in there. And I think one of them knows about these guys. Okay. He's, like, a, he is a shaman.
1: Who initiates you into the knowledge of these light spirits?
0: So, the other half that is the, the Twilight Realm, which is this other world that exists in tandem to Hyrule. Uh-huh. And... It is currently, like, superimposing itself over Hyrule, okay. and you are imprisoned there and turned into a wolf, and nice. you are freed by Midna, who is actually the princess of that other land. Uh, spoilers. And you return to Hyrule, and one of the light spirits just shows up to heal you okay. and gives you the quest and gives you uh, the tunic. Okay. Okay. The one the spirit Ordana gives you the green outfit in this video game. All right, fine. Uh, yeah, the Twilight Realm is weird. I, I thought they had their own gods, but really, it's just these like glowing orbs you solve puzzles with.
1: Mm. Or I thought God. they were called
0: I thought they were called gods, but then I looked on Zelda Wiki and that did not corroborate my memory, so. Uh, I've ran out of steam on this. Uh, okay. I guess the other things of note... So, okay, let's let's put it back in the framework we're talking about. Link, at the start of the game, is living a very mundane life. He's literally just, like, a rancher in some back backcountry. Uh, okay. Just having a good life, enjoying things. He's got a cool horse and a girlfriend and all that good stuff. Um, and then he is whisked away into this big adventure because he's actually destined because he's got the Triforce on his hand. Hmm okay and the overarching plot of the game is about the well no it's about you know trying to there was an evil guy in the twilight realm who ran into ganon and was using ganon or Ganon was using him to do this evil plot and you beat ganon in the end and it all feels like it's being orchestrated in some way by the triforce
1: oh interesting okay
0: which never, it's, it does not pull a Wind Waker, the Triforce doesn't show up, and is not talked about ever overtly at all in the video game. Oh. um, Basically, in the entire game. I don't think it's ever brought out overtly. It's just like, Link, Zelda, and Ganon have the Triforce, and they're in conflict with each other, and at the crucial time, the Triforce fails. That, that's the thing, is the Triforce, in the backstory to the game, it's... The sages found Ganondorf and tried to kill him, but the Triforce said no. He's invincible, actually. And then at the Mm -hmm. end of the game, you do the big climactic fight, and Link's able to kill him because the Triforce betrays him then, like the one ring or something. Oh, okay. But, like, none of that is ever talked about or spelled out, and the Triforce doesn't show up as a physical object like in Wind Waker. So it's all really weird. This is where we get... This is where we start to increasingly see the shift from the Triforce as a magical wish-granting artifact to just some kind of vague power Okay. That that is governed by fate. And I dislike that compared to it being a magical wish-granting artifact because I think wishes are more fun. It's
1: possible that wishes are more fun.
0: Uh, other pertinent things. Uh, there is a single great fairy in this game.
1: Oh, just one! Wow.
0: Okay. Uh, and she's at the bottom of a pit of—I think it's only fifty trials, but it's like a pit of hundred trials situation. Oh, huh. Uh, she's also the nudest she's ever been. It's very funny. Mm. Um, but that's the only one. So, but extremely like a magical creature in this, a, a divine creature in this. Okay. Um, so that's it. Yeah, it's it's a mundane world that is having a lot of divinity thrust upon it very suddenly is how i would describe it
1: okay all right well that's thank you for explaining
0: i'm glad i've played that video game (laughs)
1: um phantom hourglass the thing is phantom hourglass is a direct sequel to windbaker do we even have any others on here that we can call direct sequels? I guess Majora's Mask. Okay. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom, Ryan. Tears of the Kingdom. Well, wait, wait, we are not there yet. Um, <laughs> this is I uh, this really plays into something else I was thinking about that I forgot that Phantom Hourglass fit into this. Um The thing is with Phantom Hourglass It's, you know, like, it it doesn't really rely on Wind Waker, right? It's not like, I didn't play Wind Waker. How am I supposed to know what to do in Phantom Hourglass? A guy is on a boat. That's all you need to know. Um, And I think within itself, we can kind of ignore the weird windfish dream thing that Oshis does at the end, right? Because... The game tries to have it both ways. Oh, you were only gone 10 minutes, but also uh, Linebeck is real, and you still have the thing at the end. So, like, it is it is real. It's not like they're saying, ah, it was actually all fake. They're saying it's ambiguous. Do you agree? You don't care about Phantom Hourglass.
0: Not especially, but I, d- I don't see this being as any different than uh,
1: Link's Awakening, I guess. No, I think you're right, except that. But Link's Awakening* also does this. The, okay, I, let's let's back off of all that. The, the presence or absence of a spiritual world, the existing within or without the mythic frame. I think it. I think it actually is affected somewhat by being before *Wind Waker*. Because Or after Wind Waker Because Link has Entered the divine Or the, the mythic frame And Like you can't Surprise Link any longer With well now there is actually This thing now there's actually this thing Like he's already got the sword in his hand He's ready to uh, You know f- See monsters And find out about gods And that sort of thing Am I making any sense? I think so. Okay. I don't remember Phantom Hourglass well enough, but I'm going to get back to this when we do more direct sequels. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next direct sequel then. Spirit Tracks. Spirit Tracks. Although it's kind of a direct sequel, I think it ends up being an, an Uncovering the Mythic World game because you find out that there's all this myth in the new train world
0: yeah uh, but that comes really quick it does you, get come that, really, yeah. you get that reveal really quick but
1: uh, like it's not a baseline assumption of like knowing about these locomo spirits and the the backstory of the world isn't something that Link knows when the game starts out right? no not at all like, and when the tracks disappear it's like why would they disappear? what's going on? it's not like uh oh we better check on the thing or maybe it is I don't remember
0: I don't think that knowledge is, exists in that same way, other than people kind of vaguely knowing that, hmm, when stuff like this happens, we should probably go check out the thing.
1: Okay. All right. I don't know enough about spirit tracks, and I know you the, don't care enough about spirit No,
0: spirit. I want to talk... I just... Oh. I, I, I got to bring up again, the Locomos are angels again. Oh, yeah. Where they literally ascend to heaven at the end of that video game again. like That's the good did.
1: Uh, There's this, like... I did write here that the locomo seem to be closer to gods than sages
0: yeah I, okay. I i I keep calling them angels when I write notes because they literally That's ascend
1: a good a good way of looking at it I think anything else to say about spirit tracks no uh tell me about skyward sword so skyward sword presents
0: the a slight alteration to the creation myth that we knew before,
1: Okay.
0: in that the three golden goddesses came and did their thing, left the Triforce, but they left another god behind mm. to, like, help with that. Because it seems irresponsible to just leave a magical wish-granting artifact around. Uh, and that's the goddess Hylia. Um, I wrote here that she's a lesser goddess, but it's not really established that way, necessarily,
1: that might be me reading into it. She it seems to be lesser than, like, the way you tell it, if she's created by the golden goddesses, then she would be, seem to be less than them.
0: I, I'm struggling to remember if they say they created her or if they just left her. Mm, but, like, okay. I mean, it could be, you know, there's a lot of mythology where that distinction doesn't necessarily matter.
1: I mean, it, it, there is, but, like, possibly the, the text here has something to say about that.
0: And I, and I just don't
1: remember at this point but
0: okay. the, suffice it to say she is left behind and she is like you know it, she's the lady that Zelda is later reincarnated from right? Mm-hmm. Zelda is a reincarnation of Hylia in this the, the, the princess Zelda that exists in this video game and she's and... given that divine she's given like quite literally the divine power of a god sure and that's a theme that had been present in like Uh, minish cap for example minish cap is all about how Vaddy's trying to get the light force from zelda in that game which is just some kind of like undisclosed divinity like divine power and this is just doing that same thing this is where zelda is veering towards right now Mm -hmm. in skyward sword um but the the three golden goddesses don't show up at all they're gone um, the Triforce shows up and is used to gr- do a wish at the end of the game, which is all I ever want. That <laughs> that wish is literally just to squish demise. They just squish okay. him to death. It's it's very comical how like that scene plays out because it's literally they just drop an island on him and he's good. We beat him. <laughs> Except no, we now he's attacking from the past, so we have to time travel and beat him there in a cool battle. So, That's a good idea. Um. Also, in Skyward Sword, you have four dragons, who are Faron, Eldon, Leneiru, and Levias. And... and,
1: Go ahead. uh, So, like, Faron... Those those dragons are explicitly not the same guys as the goddesses they're named after.
0: I believe yeah they? no no they're okay. not they're they're okay. not the same guys these are because they're left behind as part of like the security measures left in place okay because uh there's security le- measures left in place about like getting Zelda to rem- there's there's a system to get Zelda to remember that she's Hylia okay. and has the divine power there's a system in place to recover the to to create the master sword Okay. Have, more, like, more than half that game is basically creating the Master Sword. It's very funny how tedious it is. It's, like, fine. It's fun. I don't want to—I'm not trash-talking the game. I, I like the game. You've more trash-talked
1: than, it enough
0: before. More than most, I think I like that game, but you do spend two-thirds of that game trying to create the Master Sword. That is what you do in that video game, despite the fact that it's already, like, a sword before you get to it.
1: But, um, like, how surprised are the mundane characters to find out about these dragons?
0: There aren't really mundane characters. Okay. Because the humans you are dealing with are all living in the sky. Right. And that's about as mundane as it gets. So, like, already at the outset, they are flying big, you know their beasts of burden are these large birds uh there is just a dragon out in the world that they kind of know about because the one who okay. stays up in the air
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: it's like as m- the it's mundane but like the 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 base level mundaneness is pretty weird so and there's there's nobody on the surface except for well they're like gorons there's no like goron town in the game there's just kind of gorons that are around. And there's like the Magma are around and the grass guys whose names I don't remember. The like K- Kiki? Kiki are around. And like Perellas exist, but they're not even really a civilization. They're just weird jellyfish guys. There's not like civilization. Civilization does not exist in Skyward Sword in the same way okay. that it exists in other Zelda games. Uh, so and instead this is
1: one just, where we're starting out in a mythic world, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: I, I would say so. Um oh and then and, but the dragons here are just guys. They're like some weird dragon but like humanoid looking guys.
1: They're humanoid and they like talk to you.
0: And they like talk to you yeah. and they have like wants and needs from you. You know, they're there's okay. there's still divine extensions of the over our overall like Yeah. Like cosmology, but they're just guys. They're not okay. like the dragons in we're gonna talk about in a minute.
1: Um All right. So that's kind of what I thought about Skyward Sword. That's good to know. I think that you're going to be surprised that I have as much as I have to say about A Link Between Worlds. I am,
0: because my notes say nothing to say here.
1: It's true that I tried to establish that we should talk about these games just as themselves. But I, I think that... It's actually a big deal that A Link Between Worlds is so closely connected to Link to the Past in the same way that uh, Phantom Hourglass was a direct thing from Wind Waker. Not that, like, I mean, for one thing, you could kind of just say Link Between Worlds is a sequel to Link to the Past. You wouldn't have to change that much. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly, from kind of a designer perspective, it's like it's well, it's linked to the past. We're doing it again, um, and I think that affects the tone quite a bit because there are all the same trappings of like mythicness and the spiritual world as there were in Link to the Past, but the game assumes all of those things uh it's it's i think it's a third category from uncovering the mythic world or like if you have phase one you're in the mythic world phase two a little while later you have to go back and discover the mythic world phase three we are in a post mythic world society but we we just assume it's there right all this stuff does not surprise us anymore does that sound right?
0: That would put this in the same category that I would put Phantom Hourglass then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um by the nature of being a sequel where we've already gone on the journey and understand we have a right. have a deeper understanding of the divinity of the world around us. Like we are walking in at a, at a higher level of enlightenment. So to speak. Yeah,
1: and the what's funny to me is they don't need to do that it doesn't need to be a sequel or a like quasi-remake, the way Link Between Worlds is, to have that kind of tone and yet it seems that when you do that sort of not resetting everything, but moving on from having discovered the mythic world, there's nowhere else to go but into this like thoroughly modern world where, yeah, of course there's great fairies yeah, of course there's the Triforce we know all this and because like you can't assume that the player knows this but because the developers know this and because the characters know this now the world knows this and so the game world is in this kind of blasé i already know all this stuff mode
0: it does kind of that is kind of reflected in the dialogue and like stuff in the game that people kind of are just aware of that i mean isn't it like yeah. you go into the castle and there are like murals explaining the plot of link so mm-hmm. link to the past
1: yeah Something as if like it's that. like
0: it's a thing that people just know so yeah it is kind of a post-mythical society in some ways
1: um and the impact of the wor- spiritual world is toned down a lot um is what i wrote there but that's putting it mildly compared with what i'm now discovering about Uh, link between worlds that it's like that third phase okay now we have to talk about triforce heroes no okay now we have to talk about breath of the wild uh okay do you want to go first uh, you go you go first you go first okay so there isn't quite like link in this game isn't a normal guy who is initiated into a mythic world but the world that you like link is arguably from the mythic world that no longer is around and he enters a world i I say world too much he enters hyrule where the mythic world is forgotten and the great fairies are all hidden away and
0: the great great fairies in this game i'm gonna interrupt are explicitly on par with gods Yes, because yes. they are given the same slot as uh, the horse god guy, uh, Melania, Mil- yeah. Ma- Melania, and uh, so, so I. I think stri- it's
1: fair to th- say that all along the great fairies were basically god ish.
0: Yeah, that's most uh, evident here.
1: Yeah, definitely, um, and I'm not sure. I, I'm noticing this a lot in Tears of the Kingdom, which we're not talking about right now. I'm not, but I think this might have been a thing in. Breath of the Wild, that people would refer to Hylia the way that we refer to God in the United States, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, thinking, thinking, thinking.
0: Yeah, have no, they- no, no, It's it's that is... Hyrule has largely become a monotheistic society, whereas previous games, not that previous games have gotten very into it, but the... The divinity I, in previous games has been very widespread, and here it has uh, uh, become centered around one entity.
1: I don't want to say that it has become monotheistic because I think that, um, what what, what the way I want to put it is that the world has, uh, the the culture which used to be kind of non-religious has, uh, is now the dominant religion is Hylia worship
0: the Hylianization of Hyrule
1: yes um because they say oh thank Hylia thank the goddess Hylia that you're not dead oh the all I can do is pray to the goddess Hylia that we won't get killed by moblins blah 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 the goddess Hylia may the goddess Hylia watch over you um and Link is able to commune with the goddess Hylia or her representatives in the form of the goddess statues i was
0: gonna say i that this is more tears of the kingdom but i definitely feel like they are representatives of and not actually the goddess Hylia right
1: i think that the the ambiguity that you get um in breath of the wild is really fun and then the way that's yes. explored in tears tears of the kingdom is like complicates it and i think is still fun I'm not. yeah it's, it's it's all fun it's,
0: it's fun in a different way but yeah in breath of the uh, wild it was definitely like am i just talking to hylia like every time i get four yes. four orbs maybe yes,
1: that was good um you also have the horned statue is like an anti goddess statue that implies like that there's an evil god who is stuck in this statue doing weird deals yeah he's cool you also have the dragons which as of breath of the wild seem like they might be godlike beings and again it gets so confusing because like things are <laughs> things are dangerously similar between the two games and then different in all these you know ways to sneak up on you but it seems like the rules in Breath of the Wild are only Link and the Pure of Heart can see the dragons. I don't remember that being the case, but okay, you might I, remember it better than I do. In the Breath of the Wild text dump, I did look through this, uh, through that for this. Um, no one really acknowledges the dragons. Uh, there are like a, a few people talk about them as if they are urban legends or as if there are things that they hope to see one day, even though you can see them all over the place. In Tears of the Kingdom, there's definitely stuff like children can see dragons and people say, I think I saw a dragon when I was younger. The idea is like the pure of heart can see dragons. Link can see dragons because he's pure of heart, but other people can't. Okay. I'm right about all of this. I believe Uh, you. The other uh, divine-ish entity would be uh the lord of the mountain right oh I forgot about him but
0: I guess yeah he's a nature spirit guy yeah in in, in the vein that a
1: lot of the nature spirit
0: things we've talked about are
1: yeah that like it, it wouldn't I forgot all about this but I was going to frame like our discussion of what is and isn't a godlike being as like if it turned out if the developers said, in some interview, oh, that guy is a god. Would we say, oh, of course, well, yeah, that makes sense. Or would we say, what are you talking about? And with Satori, it's like, he's not called, I know, maybe he's called a god in the game, but if, if, he, if it were not a sure thing, and then they confirm that he's a god, well, yeah, duh. But if it turned out that Riju was a god, we'd say, where, where are you coming from?
0: I mean, that becomes a question of like it it doesn't at a certain point the whether or not the developers call something a god is not as important as
1: the narrative role and function of that character in the story right but i'm saying if we imagined the developers saying something then our reaction to that imagined statement would inform what that role in the story is you know what i mean
0: i guess so but at the same time like I'm never. Or would be
1: in, be informed by.
0: I would never consider Satori to be on the same level as the Golden Goddesses. No, unless no. unless the next game has the Golden Goddesses just hanging out and lookout landing. Uh, Nintendo, let me write the next game, please.
1: But um, Satori does seem to be on the same level as the Great Fairies and Melania. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. And so in Breath of the Wild, despite it not being Link is a mundane guy ushered to an, into a mythic world, I think it's definitely, w- like, in the same realm as Link to the Past as we're in a mundane world and we're uncovering the mythic world, right?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And, like, Link in the 100 years ago Breath of the Wild was already kind of indoctrinated into that in a minor way. yeah. But we, uh, through him regaining consciousness and coming back.
1: I don't know if we know.
0: Well, he got like, the Master Sword back then.
1: Oh, that's true. Good point. I feel like
0: okay. getting the Master Sword is like an indoctrination into that world. Yeah. He met the Deku Tree.
1: Yes. Yes. Excellent point. Okay. So, can we talk about Tears of the Kingdom? I guess. It's the same thing as Link Between Worlds. We've already been here. So the developers are no longer inclined to think of it as uncovering a mythic world. The characters can't think of it that way because the mythic world has been uncovered. And I don't want to assume this about... Because I I still want to say that it's possible for Link Between Worlds or Tears of the Kingdom. Any of these games could be someone's first Zelda game. Uh, But with Tears of the Kingdom... There's a sense that the player assumes, yes, of course, we're in a mythic world. Certainly the world understands things that way because now everyone knows about the great fairies. Everyone knows about the horse god Melania. People are like, the horse god Melania is over there. I'm going to go see him. And it's not like a secret or anything. Um, The dragons have been retconned into probably being god-like beings who ate rocks not gods because the zoni, they make this huge point of saying the zonai are like gods they're almost like gods one could be forgiven for thinking that these are gods to just make it as clear as possible that they're not gods they're just really cool um Yeah. Uh, Then they add they add a couple cool things. They add the bargainer statues.
0: Oh, I love those guys! They're so good. They're so cool. Um, man, kind of want to play Tears of the (laughs) (laughs) Kingdom.
1: Thinking about those guys, and so I'm not sure what to conclude from all this. Uh I mean my conclusion.
0: will let be me, let me talk about the the through line that I saw. Okay. Which is not entirely related to what you were going for. Sure, sure. But just a personal frustration over how I really liked the storytelling you got to do when it the the, the plot revolved around everybody trying to get their hands on a magical wish-granting artifact left behind by the gods that are now gone yeah like that's the last piece of true divinity that's left in the world and it can grant wishes which is just fun and fun for narrative reasons Mm -hmm. and zelda the people writing zelda have become entirely disinterested in that and have discarded it over the years yeah and that bums me out. Now we're just left with, like, secret stones. And a bunch of more guys that are like, well, they're, like, descended from gods, maybe? Don't worry about it. It's not important. And I'm like, <laughs> why don't you care about the things that are cool?
1: Um. Well, I can try to make what I'm thinking into something that sounds like an answer to that. Okay. As we've seen, like, okay... The, within the world, the chronology is necessarily thus. There is the time of myth where, you know, gods are in the world and it's just understood and the world is young. And then there is this modern era where the uh, all that mythic stuff is in the past waiting to be uncovered. We're mundane people, but we can find out that fairies and stuff are real. And then there's the postmodern world where of course fairies and stuff are real. We're like we we've been digging up this stuff for a while where we don't find it as surprising anymore.
0: And that's that can be fun. Like I I like a lot of the aspects of that that come up in Tears of the Kingdom where everybody's kinda like, yeah, I don't know, the Melania and like, yeah, the dragons, it's fine. It's chill. We're all just we're all just cool with that now. That's just the world state.
1: But what, what did we see when we went through chronologically or in release order? You can tell this story in any order you want. You can pick up in any place. And so when they make a new game, they can say, well, we're going to do it in act one or we're going to do it in act two or we're going to do it in act three. And so I don't think that they have necessarily abandoned any particular level of myth or any particular specific story they can always go back to telling a story about the triforce as the cool wishing object that you're so enamored of i hope Be- so because the world is flexible
0: yeah i hope they get video back games.
1: There. it's all made up
0: yeah i i would like to see them get back there but also you know th- th- this is also me saying i will hope that they scope the next game a little smaller <laughs>
1: Uh, yes. Well, I, I honestly don't have any desires for the next Zelda game. I want people to make games and have fun doing it. And the people making Zelda games, assuming that people make more Zelda games, why would I assume that they do that? Because it's profitable. Because they made a zillion dollars. People should make the art that they want to make and tell the stories that they want to tell. Yeah.